Welcome to the latest episode of Comic Book Physics, released through Bureau42.com. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. We are still running with topics that are suggested by or related to this week's episode of the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast. So this month, we are looking at Wolverine's healing factor in a little more detail. So this is just as much or probably quite a bit more biology than it is physics. So just in case you haven't read almost any Marvel comic or seen any X-Men films in recent years, you should be aware of Wolverine and his healing factor. So his healing factor was originally presented in the comics as the same sort of healing factor that everyone else has, but just far more efficient. So initially, he wouldn't heal from different wounds than other people. He would just heal more quickly from those wounds. And it even took a number of appearances before we knew that he had a difference in his healing abilities whatsoever. So in order to figure out how his accelerated healing works and whether it works with his more recent incarnations where he's been able to grow limbs back and grow virtually his entire body back after being very severely injured, we need to look at how healing works. Now, my background is not in biology, so I did a little bit of research on here, largely through Wikipedia and a few other sources that are linked from Wikipedia. So I realize that's not necessarily the best source, but those are the sources I had time to check. If I am incorrect in anything, you are welcome and encouraged to send corrections and omissions to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. But there are three or four stages of healing. There appears to be some debate about whether the first two stages are separate stages or part of the same stage. The first one is homeostasis or blood clotting, in which case the blood platelets stick to the injured site. They will actually change shape and become a little more amorphic, connect to each other, and ideally stop the outward flow of blood by filling up the ends of torn and exposed blood vessels, thereby preventing the loss of that blood and helping your body maintain itself and heal itself in the long term. The second step is inflammation, and this is the point where more white blood cells are delivered to the site, and they will engulf and remove dead cells, bacteria, debris, and so forth. So this is often the source of the clear pus that you will sometimes get in wounds. If it's more of the yellow or green, then you've got an infection in there as well. But if it's just all the white blood cells, it's going to come out clear. The third stage is proliferation. In this one, new cells tend to be grown to replace the old cells. So it's, you know, out of the triage emergency, just stop things from getting worse phase, and into the now let's let things get better phase. So growing new cells is something that humans primarily do by duplicating existing cells in our soft tissues. So we grow new skin cells by having our existing skin cells duplicate themselves. We can't make new skin cells from muscle tissue. We use muscle tissue to create new muscles. So that's one of the reasons that we can't regrow whole limbs. We need to have the differentiated tissue completely represented at the point of the injury all the way through. So we can't finish off a tendon at the shoulder if our arm gets decapitated and then grow a brand new tendon at the elbow with none in between. We'd have to have the same material all the way through with the same instructions for growth and repair. There are, of course, exceptions to this. For example, blood cells are produced in the bone marrow, and they are not bone marrow cells in and of themselves. But these exceptions are pretty limited in scope. It's certainly not enough to regrow any major body parts. If we lose a piece of ourselves, well, we've lost that piece. Exceptions being fingernails, hair if the follicle remains, and things like that. Now, this is the stage that involves fibroblasts, which are cells that are specifically designed to aid in the healing process. Hydrogen peroxide foams when you pour it on wounds because it destroys certain types of cells, and it's actually very good at destroying fibroblasts. So if hydrogen peroxide is applied during this stage of healing, 
not just see a lot of foaming, that doesn't necessarily mean you're seeing a lot of disinfecting. You could also be destroying some of the cells that exist specifically to help heal. Now, there have been some serious studies and very formal studies that have actually looked at the impact that hydrogen peroxide has on healing of wounds to see whether it helps, whether it hinders, and which effect wins out. And from what I've been able to tell, most studies find that it's pretty much a wash. So including hydrogen peroxide is almost no different from not including hydrogen peroxide. Now, you do want to make sure that the wound stays clean and it's covered with bandages and whatnot to prevent infection, but infections take time to take hold and immediate application of hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol or any other substance like that, it doesn't necessarily help prevent infection by an agent that won't be introduced until considerably after the wound takes place. So you're better off cleaning it even with cold water, mild soap, getting it cleaned out immediately, getting it covered, and then monitoring it as necessary and disinfecting you know, if anything starts to develop. Now the fourth stage of healing is maturation. This is when the new cells that have been grown are connected to each other to seal the wound and complete the healing process. So with these stages, can a healing factor like wolverines exist? Well, it seems to depend on where you are in wolverine's history. If you look at it early on, when he just healed a little more efficiently, well, yeah, we can accelerate healing. Maybe not necessarily to that degree, but it's not unreasonable to assume that some sort of mutation would improve healing of any or all of these stages. It's a matter of taking existing processes and making them more efficient rather than adding new processes. Now, would this healing factor have the side effect of increasing his longevity as it does in the comics? One of the reasons Wolverine is so old, having been born in the late 19th century and developed from there, is because this healing factor has been repairing the normal damage that's done through the natural process of aging. And most of us looking at was wound healing as opposed to, you know, healing the natural processes of aging. So I don't know if we would get this kind of effect. Given that Wolverine's healing factor just seems to be able to heal everything and does so without scars, it does strike me as being very efficient, which does lead me to believe that it's not unreasonable to assume he would live an above average lifespan if he was in less dangerous line of work as just the normal processes, say development of arthritis and some of the other medical conditions that are often associated with old age simply aren't there to take hold. Which is why when you get stories like Old Man Logan, when you get an old Wolverine in the future, his healing factor has slowed down as well. That seems to be part of the aging process. So it is possible that it could extend his lifetime, although I don't know if it would extend it by this much. Now this is particularly true given a story that came out of the University of British Columbia and their studies, notably by Sigurd Alvarez and Emma Conway, although they also credit Scott Summers and Charles Xavier as co-authors, so I really don't know how valid this study is. I suspect it may be even entirely a joke, given that it's credited to a journal specifically dealing with superhumans. But they do point out that there is a protein in an amphibian called the axolotl, or the known as the walking fish, or close related relative to the tiger salamander, is one of the amphibians or reptiles that actually has the ability to regrow past limbs. And it does have identified proteins within its body that help with that process and are enable it to grow the differentiated tissue and the ability that the human species does not have. So this part of the study at least seems valid. That's their jumping off point before they talk about a protein that they named Howlett, which is of course Wolverine's real last name, as has been discovered recently, and take it from there about you know how Wolverine's healing factor works with this very similar protein. 
Now, as it treats Wolverine as a non-fictional entity as part of their methodology, and as I said, credits Cyclops and Professor X, I would say that everything beyond that background is just a prank written for fun. But it's a neat jumping off point and something that's kind of fun to play with. So talked a little bit about Wolverine's original healing factor. If we talk about the more recent instances, well, you know, say we look at the second issue of the three-part Logan miniseries written by Brian K. Vaughn. In that one, Wolverine survives a nuclear explosion. There's other times where he's had the skin stripped off entire limbs or all the soft tissue, so all we have is that adamantium skeleton within another much more severe damage, which is regrown much faster than smaller wounds were grown in the past. Now, there are issues with that. Assuming for the moment that somehow he does have a different healing factor that allows him to differentiate the soft tissues, it's a property humans don't have, but it does exist in nature, there are other complications. If you need to grow 5 grams of tissue to heal a wound, you've got to have at least, probably more than, 5 grams of source material. So these would be proteins, sugars, whatever biological components we needed to grow that material in the first place, it's got to be readily available to the body. So we're looking at heightened appetites, and you'd have to have those stores there. So, you know, if we're talking about cases where more than half of his soft tissues have been destroyed and he has to regrow them, that's going to take a long time. And he was would unlikely, or he would be unlikely to finish it in one stage. We'll often see him regrow entire limbs in the comics. Well, he'd have to have those raw materials already through his digestive system and ready to go. Best case scenario, if, say, he gets torn in half, as he did in the Ultimate Wolverine and Hulk miniseries, that would be a very serious injury to grow back from. Fatal to anyone else, but even Wolverine, if he is a bit torn in half like that, his digestive system is no longer attached to his brain, or at least a large chunk of his digestive system is no longer attached to his brain. Without his brain running that part of the body, you're not going to expect digestion. The top half of the body only has part of a digestive system. It's unlikely that that would be sufficient to process the materials, even if he was being constantly fed all the materials he needed in order to regrow the rest of his body. Now, in that case, he actually found the bottom half and put them together, so it was more of a reattachment, but we still have major issues with necrotic tissue in the lower half that got disconnected. So, in the end, the conclusion I can draw about Wolverine's healing factor is that it works the way he was depicted in the 70s and even into part of the 80s, by the time we get to the super healing factor that he's got in the 90s and beyond, it's just not biologically feasible. So this is when I'd say it used to work fine, it doesn't in more recent representations. But that wraps it up for this month. Join us again next month when we discuss some of the physics inspired by Avengers number 57 with the first appearance of the Vision. I just have to figure out what that's going to be since I've already discussed phasing characters. Once again, feedback and suggestions for future topics, especially those beyond the run of the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast, can be sent to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. Please rate this and any other shows you listen to on iTunes and Stitcher. It does help them build an audience and gain some recognition. And until next time, thank you for listening.